for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, rocking out to Cajun music, that can only mean one thing. You are tuned in to Rosie on the House. And if you're following along with our home maintenance calendar, it's a free calendar we send to you, the Arizona homeowner. Just let us know you want one, and we'll drop it in the mail. Lance went uh, went by the post office yesterday and dropped off all the orders that had come in for the week, and 2019s will be here in less than a month. And if you flipped up on Thursday into November, you knew that we were going to be talking about home financing here in the month of November. Uh, it's not a topic we frequent, frequent regularly. It's more about home maintenance and how-tos and projects, but the first step of home, owning a home, is financing a home, and owning, uh, to finance it, you've got to have a good credit rating, which we talked about in our weekly how-to last hour. This hour, we're going to talk about finance options, uh, different programs that are available, uh, maintaining your home, if you're going to pull out a second mortgage or use a home line of credit to get projects on, all those types of things we're going to dive into this hour with Harold Perkins from Galaxy Lending, who's joined us live in studio. And Harold, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but yesterday in the paper, look at this, the luxury collection from Russ Lyon Realty, the luxury edition from Caldwell Banker Magazine edition, the new home central is many more pages than usual. It's usually like one page. You could, it's one, two, this is up to 12 now. Out of the Wall Street Journal, the mansion section is 11 page, 12 pages. A, a lot of available things on the market. Is this a good sign or a bad sign? It's a, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. The, uh, what I, what we're seeing happening is we we are seeing a uh, a bit of a seller's market. There are uh, there's motivation on the buyer side of things because what we've seen with interest rates over the past year, definitely, but especially during the past six months, is there has been an increase in interest rates and and mortgage interest rates are higher now than they've been in years and years and years, and uh, so it's a it's a big motivation for buyers to if they're on the fence. It's, it's time to buy. If you wait, uh, what we're seeing is uh, home prices are still going up, interest rates are going up, and so the, to purchase a home is becoming more expensive. Now is the time to do it. Uh, get into that house if you're looking to upgrade or move up in size or move up in in uh, in in location as far as where you want to live in your home, now is the time to do it. It's going to be more expensive later. And uh, sellers recognize that too. And, and sellers oftentimes are wanting to, they're selling a house in order to purchase the next one and move up to the next one. So there is a lot of activity in the market in, uh, in both resale and new construction. Um, for and, and the time now is to do it. It's more expensive than it was a year ago. And so to uh, keep it affordable and keep it in your budget for the type of home that you're looking for, it's everybody will recommend to you do it now. And obviously the 2008 still in the back of a lot of our minds and not ending up in a situation we got into uh, the big real estate collapse. We're still, we're, I know it's absolutely hard to predict, but you always buy low, sell high is a great, you know, how, how many times have you heard that? Where, where are we in the buy low, sell high? I mean, if we, like you said, it's more expensive than we were last year. Are we 
I'm asking you impossible questions to answer. We're we're not to the peak of the high, though. We're not going in to the situation like in 2007 where I bought a home for 450000 that last year was 250000 and the following year it was worth 150000 right. The it's the, the move in the market and the move in the values is not as extreme as it was in uh, 05, 06, 07, but it's been more stable and it's been more of a stable increase in values and prices and everything. But home prices are getting to the point where they were when we looked at it at its peak uh, 10, 12 years ago. We're getting close to we're getting close to that uh, price point level again. One thing that's very interesting about it, though, to, if we go look at where interest rates were back in 2005, 2006, 2007, we're still significantly lower than that now as far as interest rates uh, are today compared to where they were right at the at the peak of the market. Uh, if we're at the peak of the market now, don't know. I, you know, it's uh, it's impossible to tell. You really don't know if you've hit the peak of the market until after you've already passed it, and it's on its way back down. So that I could not predict exactly, but we are getting to a point where we are seeing those home price home prices increase. Uh, I think the conditions. Uh, if we relate them to before the burst, the conditions are slightly different. Um, the some of the financing restrictions uh, that are in place now were not in place right then. So it, it's uh, it was much easier to get your financing back then. So I don't know if the conditions are aligning to where we see that huge burst like we saw before. Um, but it's everything's moving positively or in an upward direction as far as home values. And there there's not near the frenzy. It seemed like leading up to that you couldn't drive down a street leave and work in the morning and not come home and there's a new for sale sign up <laughs> driving home i mean houses were turning over so quick everyone became a house flipper and a real estate expert overnight and the amount of amateur money that hit the market in that industry it was it was just like this crazy frenzy that everyone just started feeding off of and i had to do this i had to do this i had to do this and then all of a sudden it just all evaporated and you don't see that that kind of crazy uh Definitely behavior. not. <laughs> definitely not. Not as much. It's it's definitely more stable while still still appreciating uh, in a more stable way. And so it's uh, less likely to me that we're going to see the huge collapse and burst like we saw before. And a lot of that uh, just due to uh, financing regulation that's in place now to help prevent those kinds of things from happening. Now, as I'm looking at a new home, well, I'm a first time home buyer. What is my goal as it relates to my income i mean i we don't want to get in a situation where you know we're just working to make it to, to just pay the mortgage we still need utilities we still need sure. food we still need maintenance we still have cars we still got all these other expenses what is a good percentage ratio that i need to stay under Sure, absolutely. So for your house payment, including your property taxes, your homeowner's insurance, and your uh, HOA if you have one, uh, your goal is to have your house payment uh, not exceed 25 to 30 percent of your gross monthly income. Um, at, at that range, that house should be affordable. Uh, you should not find yourself house poor or, or working solely for your house. And then as we look at overall debt, so house payment 
payment plus uh, plus your car plus any credit card balances student loans those kinds of things the total of all of your monthly payments really should not exceed 40 to 45 percent of your of your gross monthly income now of course everybody's scenario is different and there are circumstances where you might want that ratio to be a little bit lower there are circumstances where we will certainly approve it if those ratios are higher uh, so those are numbers that are not set in stone it's it's always independent for the individual but that's a general guideline to look at and a our good starting point we've got to start somewhere <laughs> And our and our our expert loan officers that we have uh, at Galaxy will will help guide you through those numbers and 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 help work with your budget and just to make sure that we're looking at houses that really do make sense for the uh, for the price point that you want to be in and for where your income and where your debts are. And for a first time home buyer, um, average income probably let's let's start at sixty five thousand. Sure. Uh, late twenties. Got a little bit of student loan paying off a car payment for sixty thousand dollars on a budget. It, location, location, location. Am I am I just destined? And I want to be a homeowner. Am I just destined to be a commuter if I've got a job in downtown Phoenix? <laughs> well, possibly. And so it it is it is as we get into the uh, as we get into that first time home buyer range what we are finding is home values go out or go up i mean uh your you're looking at homes that are further and further outside of town. And so, and you generally do see that because of location. As you get further out of town, uh, the home prices will, will decline a little bit. And so it is typical and normal to see uh, the first time home buyer end up somewhere in the outskirts of town. And then as they build equity in the property, and then it comes time to move up to the next home, then you've got m more money to work with for down payment, and you kind of work your way back into town. And so that's uh, not everyone, but or, that's but that's how it goes. Or you work a, your way further out. <laughs> or on a 30-year timeline, and you never even move, you're in town. <laughs> the development has consumed you. <laughs> uh, that, actually, that's true. Where I live in Chandler, I remember when we bought out there, it was it was the middle of nowhere, still a bunch of dirt roads and everything. And now I do feel like we're in the middle of town. So, so you may never even move anywhere, and then the the growth comes to you. And Casa Grande, there is there is so much. So I drove to Tucson for the Saba Home Show, I generally go the Phoenix Bypass route from the Women Plantation. It's just easy enough to get on 85, uh, go out Buckeye, Gila Bend, come out on the south side of Casa Grande, and you don't even have to mess with whatever traffic through the 10 and the 202 and the 51 and that whole nightmare. But it was early enough in the morning. Um, the amount of manufacturing and big warehouses going in that south side of Chandler, south of, you know, that Riggs Road. You're a 45-minute maximum from Casa Grande, and there are wonderful deals in Casa Grande. You're not 
that development has gotten so far south. What used to be maybe an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> or an hour is down to 45 minutes if you've got a manufacturing or a warehouse industry job on the south side of Chandler. Yeah, and and that's what we see happening with the uh, so the homes that are going up in Casa Grande and as that as that market grows, yeah, the commute is pretty reasonable from Casa Grande to South Chandler now. And uh, and the homes go where the jobs are. And so as the as the industries uh, come in and build their plants and and put the jobs in in those areas, uh, the homes are going to go up accordingly. And and Casa Grande is further far enough out that uh, the home values are are still affordable for people looking uh, for that entry level home. And Casa Grande is now really Casa Grande. Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you candy. Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you apple, plum, and I forgot to do it. Come on to my house, my house. Come on. Come on to my house. Joined in studio with Harold Perkins of Galaxy Lending. You have Teresa on standby at the office, I understand. Uh, yes, Teresa's in the office. If an- anybody has any specific questions about financing, uh, she's happy to talk to you this morning. And uh, uh, number there is 602-595-1233. Uh, or you can go to our website and get lots of information there, too, at galaxylendinggroup.com. And... You can call the broadcast if you want to talk to Harold right now, live on air. It's one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie for you. Just warning you, you got to be on your toes. You know, we, we one of the things we have to do is protect the listening experience, and there's nothing worse to somebody out there listening to a live radio program that goes to a call, and they hear it, and they're driving in their car. They've got their radio up. There's this loud feedback. There's all this commotion. We cut you off and move on. You got to be you got to be sharp. When people, there was a time when we started this, Harold, people would sit on their phone receivers for 45 minutes to wait to get on air. With cell phones and driving around and Bluetooth and everything, we screen so hard to protect that listener experience because it is so obnoxious. I, I hate that. When I hear that on the radio, I'm like, ah, who's call screening this? Who's prepping these people? Who's getting them ready? Who's, it drives me nuts. So if, you gotta, if you're going to call... Got to be sharp, on your toes, ready to go. And we're going to get into a part of the conversation after bottom of the hour news where we're talking about using equity for home improvements. But we're not there yet. We're going to talk about VA loans because there is uh, a different perception that a lending professional like Harold has on VA loans that some other people don't share. Sure. I I think VA loans are fantastic, uh, given given the option. Uh, and so any veteran that we talk to that has their VA eligibility, the most of the time, probably 99% of the time, we're going to recommend that the VA financing is the best option for the financing of the home, whether it's for purchase or refinance. Uh, doesn't matter. VA loans are absolutely fantastic. Uh, the interest rates on VA loans are lower than uh, what you'll typically see on your normal conventional loans. Uh, the what no- percent? Like if the interest rate's 4% right now, will a VA be 3.5? It's it's usually about a half a percent different uh, between a conventional loan and a VA loan. 
and put and, that in my pocket over a thirty-year time frame any day. <laughs> it's a it's a huge amount, and the uh, and what we also find with the VA loans is that the um, uh, you know the the only downside to them, depending on the veteran, is that uh, there is a VA funding fee, which uh, depending on the veteran uh, can be somewhat expensive. Um, but what we do find with most of our applications that we receive for VA loans is that the veteran is actually exempt from the VA's funding fee. And so if you're exempt from the funding fee, and that will happen if you receive any kind of service-related disability from the VA, it automatically exempts you from the funding fee, and then it is a no-brainer. Uh, VA is the best option for the, for the financing. Now, you're not telling people on their last day of service to shoot themselves in the foot before <laughs> no. graduation. <laughs> no, 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 abs- <laughs> absolutely not. And it's uh, uh, if you don't have the service-related disability, what we still want to analyze is based on what that funding Funding fee is most of the time the math will tell us that the funding fee to the VA is still less expensive over time than the higher interest rate that you might have on a conventional loan. And so we'll we'll put together worksheets and we'll compare those and we'll work those out. And there are some circumstances where the funding fee is more expensive than than the higher rate on a conventional. That usually then happens. Go conventional. Then you go conventional. And so I just want to make sure that we don't exclude VA as one of our options for financing um, because there the math of it will tell us in most cases that the that over time and over the total cost of the loan, over the term of the loan, uh, despite the funding fee, the VA loan is going to be more cost effective for the consumer. And the funding fee, is that something that has to come up front with the down payment? Uh, it is financed. No, it's okay. uh, the funding fee can be financed so the the uh, the veteran has the option to uh, to pay it out of pocket with their down payment uh, with VA there is no down payment required though so it is it's a hundred percent financing and uh, it, if you choose to um, and then you can choose to finance your funding fee on top of that too so uh, in a first-time home buyer situation uh, where funds for down payment are generally limited uh, the VA alone loan can allow you to get into that house with literally no money out of pocket. Uh, there's no down payment. Uh, closing costs can be uh, cl- closing costs can be negotiated either through interest rate or through uh, seller concession, and uh, the funding fee can be financed. And so VA, oftentimes, our veterans are getting into homes with absolutely nothing out of pocket. Now, in a non-VA application, regular civilian loan, conventional first time, let's just uh, on a sixty thousand, we'll go back to that sixty thousand dollar income. You want to be at twenty five percent of your income for your mortgage. So you're looking at uh, what size of of house, and uh, let's say that that goes up to about one hundred fifty thousand dollar home. How much money do I need to be prepared for that down payment? A bunch of a bunch of different options on that, and so the average price home, uh, the average price home in Phoenix right now or in the metro area is going to be about two hundred forty thousand, two hundred forty to two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, what you can expect as far as down payment, bunch of options. If you're VA, uh, you can do that zero down. Uh, there's FHA, which is three and a half percent down, and then there are also uh, down payment assistance programs that can get that down payment even down as low as about five hundred to a thousand dollars. And so there are a bunch of low down payment options. Uh-huh.
you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you know that the 10 o'clock hour, you had a chance to get a nice preview with our article on seven things housing related to talk about that goes out on Thursday. And our article on our blog coincides with our 10 o'clock hour where we dive deep on one specific topic. The month of November is finance month. So we're talking about home financing right now this Saturday with Galaxy Lending. Y'all have been a certified partner. As soon as my computer loads, I don't want to... 2013. Uh, so five years. Yes. I was going to... I was actually going to buff... I was going to add a couple more to that. So uh, glad I didn't... I waited for that. You got to gotta be accurate. But in that five-year time, Harold, uh, gosh, I, I should have counted it before. I think this is about your 10th time with us on air. I, I think so. Yeah, I think this is number 10. And every time I have you on, I think the same thing. I'm so glad I'm not in his industry. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I think the same thing about yours, Romy. (laughs) It's all I know how to do, so it's good. Uh, uh, Well, and I'm glad. And I'm glad that uh, we can bring what you do to our listening audience for their frame of reference as they're managing their home, as they're financing their home, as they're keeping up with projects. We've talked a lot about you know, current interest and first-time loans and VA loans. Let's switch that scenario in this second half hour to somebody that's been in a home 20 years. We bought in 98, and we saw a huge amount of equity build in our home up to 2008. We haven't done anything. We didn't take money out. We didn't uh, give in to the frenzy. Believe it or not, there was a lot of people that didn't. It seemed like everyone did, but overall— it wasn't the majority of the people. Uh, then we saw all the equity just vaporize, and it's rebuilt. 20 years ago, uh, that was a pretty nice air conditioning unit. It sounds like a jet engine starting up in the morning. Wakes up your neighbors, it starts the dog barking, and then everyone on the street's mad. Your roof, 20 years under the sun. You stand out there for 20 years and tell me how good you, you look after that. Your roof is about the same. That tar underneath, things are going to need money invested, improvements, maintenance. Have a little bit of equity. What's my thought process? What's my procedure in determining am I going to pull money out of the equity and invest it in my home? Or am I going to look for other ways to finance this, whether saving for cash uh, is there a difference between pulling home equity and a second mortgage? Let's walk through that scenario. Sure, absolutely. The The first thing that uh, most people look at is uh, is refinancing their existing mortgage uh, to increase the balance to, to cash out equity in the property. And uh, that can be a very, very good option. One of the things that we have to look at in analyzing whether or not that makes the most sense is uh, you we have to look at the current interest rate that you have on your loan now. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that if you have a very low interest rate on your first mortgage, mortgage now, maybe it doesn't make sense to refinance it to cash out the equity um, because you would increase your interest rate on the money that you've already borrowed in order to get that uh, cash out in the equity. And so uh, the math of that uh, sometimes can be advantageous, sometimes not. Depends on how much equity you're looking to cash out and uh, and what the terms would be on that. So then alternatively, you might look at doing just a second mortgage or a home equity line of credit or called HELOC 
block. And uh, there's some disadvantage there also. Uh, the upside is that you leave the terms of your first mortgage alone. So if you have a very low interest rate on your first and you don't want to touch it, uh, then the HELOC is an option. But the HELOCs generally are variable rate. Uh, they're based on prime. And what's in the news right now and what we've all been hearing about is that there's continual talk of the Fed raising interest rates. And that has a direct impact on you if you have a HELOC uh, or a, a second mortgage. Uh, those second in mortgage interest rates are generally higher uh, than what you would have on a first mortgage. So uh, to take the equity out in a second mortgage, then what we have to look at is with that higher interest rate, is that more expensive on the second than it would be to increase uh, the rate and increase your loan balance on the first. And so our, our loan originators, uh, when you talk to them, they will help you do that math and they will help you, they'll help you make that calculation to determine what's going to be the most cost effective. What we also have to factor in there is how long you expect to continue to stay in the property. And so uh, the timeline that you're going to be in the property also fits into the equation on what the better option is as far as uh, cash out on the first mortgage or a home equity loan. And when you say there's talk about the rise, how how long is it talk before something happens? Uh, generally, and when we hear it in the news, it's coming. Um, and so, you know, there is the expectation that there should be another uh, rate increase by the Fed before the end of the year. Uh, that generally happens in quarter percent increments. And so we should see, we should see uh, another increase coming. And then the other indicators where that might be the case is we also see the economic reports where uh, unemployment is very low right now. Uh, and and economy indicators are strong right now. And so when, when those kinds of economic reports are happening, generally what follows is a rise in interest rates. And when we're looking at taking up a loan option in our home, whether it's a home equity line of credit, second mortgage, whatever the case may be, to reinvest back into the home for repair projects, maintenance and upgrade, we talked earlier about the... 25% to 30% ratio to income. You don't want your mortgage to be any higher than that. Are we still trying to stay in that same 15 to 30% or because we're using this to invest in the home, are we, are we, Going up to forty percent, no, thirty-five. We still want to. We still want to stay in that. If we're looking at house payment, we still want to stay in that twenty-five to thirty percent range for house payment. Uh, whether it's just a first mortgage or a combination of first and second, uh, the combination of first and second is still your house payment should still be twenty-five to thirty percent. But what we're talking for those homeowners that have been in the house since 1998, uh, hopefully their income has increased that, in the that, in the 20 <laughs> years since they purchased the home then, and so there is room in those debt ratios to to increase the mortgage a bit in order to invest it back into the property. Because uh, yeah, if you haven't gotten a raise in 20 years, then uh, uh, you need a better job. Yeah, maybe it's <laughs> maybe there's other things to look at. And over that twenty-year period of time, uh, in a lot of industry and in you know a free economy, your income has probably outpaced uh, that debt ratio pretty significantly. I know when I look back at what I was making twenty years ago, I was in high school twenty years. I wasn't making anything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from where I started in the working force to today, it's definitely outpaced significantly what 
uh, you know, that, that debt ratio, if we went to look at a refinance right now, we're probably looking at 15% to stay under that 25% where when I first got in that loan, I was thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> I, I think we all I'm have, a slave to my house now. <laughs> I think we all have that at first. Also, I just found out that I must be much older than you because I was not in high school 20 <laughs> years ago. So, uh, but uh, yes, the beard throws people off. What we've what we've seen is that uh, while the the general guideline for where your ratio should be for your house payment that has really been the same the entire time, and so uh, what we should see is that if you've been in your home for that length of time, your income probably has increased and so you're still going to fit into the into the debt ratio guidelines and and of course it is just a guideline ideally you if your house payment were less than 25 percent of your of your monthly income um, you know then you're in a savings mode you're you're uh, you're living well beneath your means and that's always a good place to be and that puts you in a better position for those maintenance projects because if you're saving that you've got the cash reserve to be doing the continual maintenance without having to go to a refinance but you know, life's expensive, especially yes. you add kids. <laughs> you add uh, it, it, everything. It, it seems like every day there's a new expense. And the longer we're in the home, the more those can accumulate on us without us even being aware of it. Problems manufacture and fester themselves that we, we never even notice until, uh, you know, like a water leak is a great example. It can be hidden for a couple years until all of a sudden you start seeing water spots on your drywall and you pull it down and there's this huge mold problem that we've got this big remediation project that you know nobody was planning for or anticipated. You know, those things happen. This is uh, just part of, of life and home management. It is. Or like I had last year, like uh, like right as guests were arriving for a pool party, uh, then that's when we found out the upstairs shower was leaking down into the wall because water started pouring through the ceiling. And we had somebody in our office that just had a pipe burst. Yeah. And yeah. there is a very famous party at Casa de Romero that is a reoccurring party. And two hours before everyone's supposed to show up, there's flooding because the septic tank is full. You want to know <laughs> how much an emergency septic pumping on Thanksgiving evening at 3 o'clock is <laughs> when 100 people are about to show up? <laughs> Things happen. <Yep. laughs> Nobody anticipated or planned it. So the final segment will go into – talking about life happens adding kids let's say we've bought a nice home small moderate uh let's some of these historic homes and districts or mature neighborhoods were we were building under 1200 square feet in a lot of cases uh let's say we've got a baby on the way and we need a room addition or we've got a home remodel let's talk about the remodeling loans that are available for you know, maybe it's a changing life or maybe we're just at that age that that green linoleum ain't cutting it anymore <laughs> and it's falling apart. And we're going to finally invest in a kitchen remodel. So we'll talk about remodeling finance loans here at Rosie on the House with Harold Perkins of Galaxy Lending right after this. And Teresa is on standby. 602-959-1233. 595. 602-595-1233. Did I write something? Five, nine, five. What'd I say? Don't, well, don't say what I said because we don't want to get the wrong number again. Five, nine, five, one, two, three, three. Somebody along with that. 
I was about to say there's no faster hour than live radio until Gary plays this. I'm about to. I need to call my. Trying to slow things down as we're trying to speed it up and get all our content in to finish the hour. I tell you, I I was at a Boss Gags concert when he was in town last time, and he and he plays this. This is pretty standard. And I said, oh, loan me a dime. That'd be perfect. And then you. Ah, okay, okay. There's the tie-in. Well. Let's talk about remodeling loans real quick, and we'll get to a couple questions that uh, have come in on text that I was actually not going to, but when I said it, you're like, no, those are great questions. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll get to them. Remodeling. We're going to do a kitchen remodel. Mama's getting the kitchen of her dreams after 30 years. We've got, uh, and we're going to do this through the equity in our home and a remodeling project. Do y'all still offer a loan where... You loan on the appraised value of the finished project of a remodel. Yes, uh, there are a couple of options for that. Um, and regular, uh, regular conventional Fannie Mae financing, uh, we have a renovation loan that will finance 95% of the after-improved value of the property. So uh, what, we have the, uh, what we have the appraiser do is do an appraisal on the house off of the uh, plans and specs from the builder, um, and all the materials will find out what's going to go into the house, and the appraiser will do, and uh, including room addition, square footage addition, uh, will get a value of what the house is going to be after the work is complete, and will lend... 95% of that after improved value or that subject to value on the property. So that one's fantastic because it could be something that um, because of a room addition, especially the, you don't have enough equity in the property as the house sits uh, in its current state. Um, but if we can give you credit for what it's going to be afterwards, then it allows you to, uh, uh, to complete that remodel and do it with a minimal amount of money out of pocket, if any. Sometimes there's, it, it can all be financed depending on your equity position ahead of time. Uh, there is also an FHA option for that. Uh, FHA uh, allows, uh, allows actually even a little over 100% of the value of the property. Um, a little more restrictive on FHA and that that there's limitations to the work that can be done in the remodeling. And so our, our loan officers will definitely discuss that with you and whether or not the FHA option makes more sense versus the conventional. And somebody that is, I, I kind of skipped this in the last break, but as you're talking about it, reminding me of something we were talking about yesterday. When we're looking at somebody who's looking to pull out money to put improvements on their home because they think they can't sell it until they make those improvements, um, I generally tell people, unless it's something extremely critical, not to do that because you're you're then basing what you think the next homeowner wants in their home. The f- statistics we see when somebody comes into a new home, new carpet, new paint. And a lot of people think they've got to put new floors and paint their home to sell it. <laughs> and on in a situation like that, I think that's where definitely the real estate professional and, and uh, for the realtor that you hire to help you with the sale of your home is definitely going to have some very valid input as far as the things that need to be done to the property in order to prepare it for selling. And so sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's paint, but maybe it's going neutral with the paint because you have bright green walls or something, <laughs> something that no one is going to like anyway and so maybe you go neutral and maybe the buyer is going to repaint again anyway but at least it gets it into the into a state where it's more likely to sell and more attractive to the general buyer okay now george has texted in and this is a long one i'm going to try and get to it quick his son getting ready to graduate college wants to move back to the neighborhood he grew up in 
close to home, but like most of us, is it's not a neighborhood that a college graduate can afford to move into. Sure. Now, what they're looking at, if he co-signed on it, the dad co-signs for his son, and he moves into his home and it collapses, well, between his the dad's mortgage and what the liability would be if he had to start paying the mortgage on his son's home would put him at about 55% of his income. I mean, is this is this something you do to say, you know what, I, I want my son close and I'm going to take this risk, or are we just, hey, you know what, you got to start somewhere, and if that means you got to grow up in a different neighborhood for a few years till you get established and then come back to the neighborhood? <laughs> it, it, we see it all the time, and so it certainly depends on your parenting philosophies. Um, there are certainly parents out there that would never co-sign for for their kid on a house, but uh, but there are a lot that will, and it is a it is a it's it's something that we see frequently because that's the only way the kid's going to get into the house. So then the concern that he has about his own debt ratios as the parent, if he wants to do something again in the future, extremely valid. Um, but on the upside of it, as long as his son makes the payments on the mortgage out of his son's own bank account. And so we would be able to document and see that the son is making the payments. Once he's done that for 12 months, when the father goes to do any financing on his own, we will not count the son's house payment against his qualifying. So it's there's a 12-month period of time where the son has to establish he's going to make the payments, and then it no longer, it still shows up on dad's credit report, but it won't affect him in any other mortgage qualifying. Now, how it affects him in other types of financing, I can't speak to. That's outside of our field. But on mortgage financing, uh, the ratio is not going to be impacted as long as the son has been making the payments for at least 12 months uh, on time. If the son were delinquent on payments, um, then it kind of throws all of that out of the window. But, um, but there is a way to recover from the debt ratio once time is established with the son making the payments, and we see it all the time. Then as the son has gotten out of college and he's further into his career, then what we see is he might the son might refinance the house just into his own name to get his parents off of the loan. And how long is that process? A refinance? Everything average about thirty days still. Uh, currently, it's uh, most things are less than thirty days. Uh, we see them going as fast as fifteen. Um, the the average is less than thirty days from application to funding. Wow, things are speeding up. Technology is everything's good. speeding things up. Like you said, technology. Well, Harold, one more time, the number six zero two. Five nine five one two three three. Teresa is. How long will Teresa be in today? Uh, Teresa will be in until you stop calling. Okay. <laughs> or during the week, galaxylending.com. You can find them in the finance category at rosieonthehouse.com. And no, the entire month of November, we're talking finance. Next week, we're going to be talking about the finance feature in our HomeZada app. Imagine being able to have an application predict due to the warranty and the expected end date of your roof what the projected cost of replacement so when you get a new one if you live in this home for 30 years to the end of that roof you've had this plan to save for that the whole time or if you've got a home remodeling project how the finance portion of this new digital platform works and then the next week after that we'll be in tucson with the tucson trifecta we've got a great lender realtor and home inspector 
talking about the importance of using that trio moving into a new home and then we're talking thanksgiving weekend i i don't know there's nothing really f it's it's more of our money pit weekend we're going to kind of have fun off of the tom hanks money pit movie and five blunders that people make that could lead them to the money pit in real life situations so that'll be the month of november here at rosie on the house until next saturday if you have a question it's rosie on the